0: So you had full swing, brought a lot of eyes and ears to the game of golf that weren't necessarily into um, the game before. Um, but it's also the first epi- episode, you got Justin and Jordan flying PJs. And that's not real life. That's the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1%. Uh, the real professional golfers out there are grinding, man. They're on the mini tours, they're on PJ Tour Americas, playing over in Asia and Europe and trying to figure out how they're gonna make it to the PJ Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week, we're joined by Hunter Schwartz, an absolute treat, the man behind Drive for the Dream. How's it going?
0: Bro, if I were any better, I'd be you, Daniel.
1: I love that, dude. You're bringing the energy, bringing the heat, but I'm stoked to have you on, dude. I think what you're doing with Drive for the Dream is a really cool project. Obviously, had on Marty, one of your cast members, uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. back, so it only makes sense to have you on.
0: Yeah, Marty's a man, and uh, he's playing well right now. Excited to see what he does at San Juan this week, this weekend, make the cut, get there, ready right for Q school and get him dialed.
1: For sure. So that's coming up, but I really want to dive into Drive for the Dream, man. So can you kind of give people uh, like some backstory on on what it is and and sort of like a little bit of what's going on?
0: Yeah, happy to. Uh, and appreciate you having me on, by the way. I appreciate the ask. Uh, it's something we're super excited about. And what we're doing is telling the real story of professional golf, right? So you had Full Swing, which was a great TV show, brought a lot of eyes and ears to the game of golf that weren't necessarily into um, the game before, uh, but it's also the first epi- episode you got Justin and Jordan flying PJs and that's not real life. You know what I mean? That's the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1%. Uh, the real professional golfers out there are grinding, man. They're on the mini tours they are on PJ tour. America's um, playing over in Asia and Europe and trying to figure out how they're going to make it to the PJ tour, or the corn Ferry tour. Um, so really this was an evolution from Uh, My buddy Jesse and I, we started a business uh, back in October of 21. We bought a sprinter van. We bought a passenger van um, to help get golfers to and from um, the golf course to do bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, things like that.
1: This is all in Scottsdale too, right?
0: All out in Scottsdale. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So all out in Scottsdale. And obviously there's a huge market for that. And people, basically I got tired of everyone hitting me up being like, where should I play? Where should I go out? Where do I need a dinner reservation at? So we made a company out of it. We made a business. Um, and from there, we got a second van. Um, and then from there, we were taking a look at camper vans and, you know, cause people would come out to Scottsdale and go camp at the Grand Canyon or go to Sedona, Moab, all those kind of things. So we started getting into the camper van business. So we bought two of those. And from there, that business was going really well. People would come out, they would rent them, take them all over the place. Uh, But always through in the back of our mind, we're like, we need to get back into the golf space here, like really full on. And we also know so many of the mini tour guys out in Scottsdale and in California and Vegas that just need a little bit of help. And these guys get, you know, sponsorship deals from someone at their, you know, club or, you know, a random person that they know that has a little extra money. And they're terrible deals for these guys. They're absolutely yeah. awful. They're- dude,
1: can we dive into the deal? Like, what is that? What is a deal even consist of for one of these guys? Because you hear about it. I just got off the phone with another guy who's like, dude, he's struggling. He's a, a, a I want to say he's a pro at and at PJ West. He's struggling, can't make it by. He needs freaking money to play an event. So like, what is a normal deal? Like,
0: dude, these guys are giving up seventy to eighty percent of their paychecks. Right? You go to a mini tour event. It costs you anywhere from five hundred to some of the most expensive ones uh, like Asher tour, I think some of them are like 1500, right? These guys will get a sponsor to pay for their entry fee, but in exchange, they have to give up 70 to 80% of their purse, whatever they win. So you go out, you win five grand, you have to give up 70% of that after lodging, after your travel out there, you're barely making any money, you know? And so that's where the idea evolved from is just understanding how trash these contracts are. How can we help these guys? So we started by sticking Marty in a van, sticking Conrad in a van, who's another guy who's on our team, and just saying, hey, let's see if we can cover the travel and the lodging for you because it's two-in-one, you're in a camper van, you can sleep in the van, you can sleep in the clubhouse parking lot if you want. Um, there's a shower in there, they're sick vans, they're easy to drive, um, and all we're asking for in exchange really is the content you know, on the back end. We also, from there, developed a, an agency to help support these guys, connect them with sponsorships but that was really the basis of the ideas was just pivoting from one passenger van to two to camper vans to putting golfers in there and now we're doing a full-fledged TV show and following them across the country
1: wow so you'd mentioned Conrad you'd mentioned Marty who are these guys can we kind of dive into each each player and give give people sort of an idea of you know, how you met these guys, but then also sort of like any interesting things about them. Obviously, we know Marty uh, Conrad, you know, I've never I've never heard of Conrad, obviously seen your Instagram page, but can we do like a quick deep dive into each of the guys?
0: Happy to man. Well, so Marty was our first player, right? So we found Marty at Phoenix Country Club, my business partner and buddy Jesse, who I referred to, plays out of Phoenix. Marty's a member there as well. He's always practicing. They became friends. Uh, Marty was like, "Hey, man, I'm trying to figure out how to make it." Jesse was like, "Hey, I got this van. Let's see if we can work it out." And then I had the idea right. for the show. Marty introduced us to Conrad. They were caddying together at Silverleaf, which is a great club out in Scottsdale. Yeah. Obviously, shout out to John, um, Rome, right? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah. That guy's, you know, you know, I'm not actually worried about him for the Ryder Cup. He's not playing well right now. I mean, he's a he's a psycho. He's got that extra level of something. Dude, he, I feel like he could turn it
1: on in match play, though, because he's an absolute dog, can, like you yeah. said. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's a psycho. Uh, and yeah. I think at that level, you kind of have to be. But anyways, right. so Conrad and Marty came together. Um, and then we also, one of my buddies, um, he's a great dude, Mike Wyckoff. He's a PXG athlete. He's on their um, influencer staff. He's on their pro staff. Um, he played in the CGA Tour, which was another company that I owned. Um, I approached him about it. And then I was actually following him at the U.S. Open qualifier, the sectional at Talking Stick, and he was playing with Jared Hack, who has three times been a full-time player on the um, Corn Ferry Tour. He had some issues with some getting, getting off the tee issues. I'm not going to say the, the Y word, um, but he couldn't get off the tee, and he quit, right? And so I found Hack, who joined us through being out there, getting contact with Mike, um, and then just through other local clubs, um, around the area, we found Steven Cupcho, whose older sister's Jen, Jennifer Cupcho. She's obviously on the Solheim Cup, um, team and a uh, top 10 player in the world there. So we got inter- introduced to Steven through a guy who plays out of Desert Forest. And then Steven brought with him, Trevor Ullestead who's a great player. He, um, went to Mizzou, shout out to my Missouri Tigers. We're both, you know, some of our most famous alumnus, um, I guess, or alumni, not really, but uh, he uh, he's a great player, and he actually Monday qualified into a Corn Fairy Tour event. So I flew up to Springfield, Illinois to see him there. Um, and then wait, so is Jared that part Hack- of
1: was that part of like Drive for the Dream? Is that going to be captured in you know these yeah. episodes? Because like standing yeah, so outside, so real fast, kind of going back, like was this in was this a, so you started that business? Was it 2021 or when did like Drive for the Dream actually start?
0: Drive for the Dream. I had the idea early, probably around January or February of this year. Um, Oddly enough, I was just, I was in the locker room at Lifetime um, and I was like, just thinking, I was like, okay, so there's all these guys that need help. We've got vans. We're going to put Barney in one. Maybe there's something more here. There's got to be a way to show this story, to help these guys on the road and to develop something that's a little bigger than just one guy or two guys going out there because golf is such an individualized sport like these guys are out there especially on mini tours they don't have a caddy there's no fans it's desolate as hell they're freaking you know, grind dude yeah grind dude and it is brutal out there like i went out there and caddied for marty in the reno open one of the astro tour events and you know i was just shocked because there's no one out there no one
1: But, dude, that's what's so badass about what you're doing because, like, you think about full swing. You think about turning on the Golf Channel, Instagram. Like, it's just not captured and not covered, right? The whole mini tour grind. And people hear about it, and it's almost like this tale you hear from a friend of a friend about, like, the grind. and and whatnot, like what takes place, driving to the events, having to pay for food, like the struggle. What I think that is so amazing. Cut? Like, yeah, Dude, that's not even talked about either. It's like, come on, yeah. we need to shed light on these guys, which is so amazing. And I just want to shout you out, acknowledge you. So my bad for interrupting. Keep going. No,
0: dude, I appreciate it. And that's, I mean, that's the goal, right? Like we want to be the one that tells a story, right? That no one has been able to tell, right? I mean, Shout out to Ryan French, Monday Q Info. He's a great dude. He has done a a number of amazing things um, for guys at this level, but he's just, he's one guy and he can't capture it all. So we saw a little gap in the market. We saw an opportunity to come in and tell a story and that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, these guys, if they miss a cut, they gotta figure out how they're gonna pay their rent, You know, how they're gonna get to another event and things like that. So the idea, the concept really just evolved day after day and has gone through a couple different iterations, but we've been picked up by a company called Winterstone pictures. Um, they're a great production house out of LA. Um, Ashley and Ed are a husband and wife team over there. Ed does the production side Ed does, or Ashley does the direction side and they're brilliant. They're cinematographers. They've got a great eye for that kind of stuff. They know how to tell the story. And then we're also working with sugar 23, which is an agency. Um, I don't really, I mean, they don't really have a definition. You can't really put them in a genre, but they're helping us connect with sponsors to help these golfers get money in their pocket, get into events. So we don't have to come out of pocket for it on the business end. Um, but then they're also going to be the ones that take us to the Netflix and the Amazon, and the Apple TVs of the worlds to get picked up by a network and to get this thing in a syndication. Right.
1: So is this your first real like production that you've ever done in, in your career? Because obviously, Bro, checking out I your have LinkedIn, no idea what
0: the fuck I'm doing,
1: dude. And that's what this podcast is about, baby. Figuring it yeah. out. Right. Because it's like you saw this opportunity and it's like, all right, well, I want to take, not take advantage, but I want to bring something to the market, right? And you have no idea what you're doing. So it's just cool to have a guy like you on who's, figuring it out right because it's kind of taking a step back and looking at it dude it's a tall task right like to be able to document something that's never been documented well before so it's just awesome man so when you take a step back and you look at like how each episode is structured can you give us an insight into that what that would like look like and what we can expect from a viewership perspective
0: yeah so our main thought is we wanted to be 80% 80% personal and 20% golf, right? Obviously, golf yeah. is our tapestry. It's Because yeah. you our, buy into
1: the player, man. It's like you buy exactly. into Marty. You know what I mean? You buy into these guys. Dude, and think right? about
0: Full Swing, right? Like you have the yeah. Joel Damon episode and the Tony Finale episode. Those were the right. best, right? Those were the two yeah. episodes where everyone connects with it. And it's the personal side, man. It's getting right. into their story. It's Your understanding families, what they've got yeah. 100%, dude. Right. Yeah, and so... We're going to do, we're, we're trying to stay around 80% personal and 20% golf because you can only watch so much golf shots, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's what the PGA tour does better than anyone else. They have that market cornered. Liv has done an okay job with that. I think Liv yeah. was great for the game of golf. And I think mm-hmm. they did a lot for the players, both on the PGA tour and then obviously on Live. but with the increased purses and um, what they're doing as far as doing, bringing something different with a team aspect, I think that's been awesome. Yeah. But um, the execution of the broadcast needs some love. I'm just going to leave it there. But um, there's a lot of really interesting
1: infographics that I think are kind of cool that are a little switched up. But yeah, go ahead. Sometimes it looks
0: a little too cheesy, though. It's like cheesy. It's It's like like a game
1: is like what it is. You know what I mean? It's like super stimulating. Is almost like what they're going for.
0: Yeah, it's just it looks like a game show. Yeah, Um, which is cool. Uh, But yeah, so for us, what we're going to do is we're going to have these guys out on the road in the van. And we're just telling their story, Um, stuff with their family, when they miss a cut, what that looks like, all those back end conversations. If they're like, maybe on the tail end of their career, having those tough conversations, well, do I give it another run at Q School this year? Do I find $5,500 and sign myself up for Q School? Is that a good investment? Um, You know, trying to capture exactly what it looks like for these mini tour guys and telling that story that. No one really knows, man, besides these guys that have done it. Um, And we've had so much amazing support from the brands that we've talked to, um, other players that we've talked to about, hey, like, you get it. We get it. Let's do something where we can connect this to the rest of the world and create some sort of artwork and storyline that can help explain Because golf, and sorry if I'm rambling a little bit on this part, but golf is unlike any other sport. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Golf is unlike any other sport, man. Every other sport has a draft. There's scouts. There's, you know, you've got, you, you play in high school, you go to college, and then you get drafted. That's not a thing in golf. Tennis is the only other sport that's kind of like this, where you get out of college, you have to kind of make your way through lower level tours, you got to earn points, you got to get status, and then you can play in other events, and then you make your way up. There's no other sport like that. And that's what we're going to tell. And that's what we're aiming to do.
1: Yeah. So when you zoom out and like, look at these guys from, you know, bird's eye view, and you think about the struggles, you talked a little bit about them. But can we talk through some of these struggles and like how and why it's so hard to frickin make it as, you know, a professional player on the big stage?
0: Dude, I mean, money is number one, right? It's always going to be number one because you have to pay to play. And we see that even on the amateur level, right? Like the cost of golf has gone through the roof. Out in Phoenix and Scottsdale, you can't get on a public course any time of the year for less than 150 or $200, you know? And like we're talking munis, right? Like it's not – you go up to Troon, you have to pay 600 bucks, And it's just – Ridiculous. So that actually trickles down to the mini tours and their entry fees are going up and they have to, the mini tours have to figure out how to subsidize their T sheet to be able to get more players in the field to get more exposure. So these guys, you know, have to not only get to the event, feed themselves, find a place to live. They got to pay for their own way to get in. And so if you don't make a cut, you don't make any money. You're out, you're out two or three grand on just one event. You know, and that's just something that, like I said before, is unlike any other sport out there. Like, if you go to minor league baseball, sure, those guys, you know, they went through arbitration and, you know, some renegotiation of the um, CBA, but, you know, they still live below the poverty line, but they are getting paid no matter what. You know what I mean? They're not necessarily walking away from a game or from a season without money. These guys on the mini tours, aren't guaranteed money at all, at all. And the season goes from end of April to now to like, you know, a couple of weeks from now, I think like the the second or the last event really on the All-Pro Tour and the Dakota's Tour is in a couple weeks, right? So you've got basically all of the year, you know, six to eight months of the year where you have to cover your ass. And if you're not out there making cuts, making money, you're fucked, dude. Yeah. You're fucked. That's yeah. it.
1: Yeah. So dude, when you think about, it, I mean, all these guys, are they all in the center of the same area? Are they all going to be in Scottsdale or are they spread out throughout the United States?
0: That's the beauty of it, man. It's all over the country, right? Um, so there's many tours all over the country. You've got Asher tour out in um, California and Arizona. Um, and then you've got the all pro tour kind of in like the Oklahoma, Nebraska area. And then you've got the Dakotas tour, which is the Dakotas and Iowa, Um, And then you've got the minor league golf tour, which is down in Florida. So it's all over the country. And then these guys will create their schedule. So they're going from, you you don't have to be on one of the tours. Like you don't have to be fully committed to one of the tours. You can bounce around, right? So Conrad, who's one of our players, you know, this summer he's been bouncing. He's been playing in Monday qualifiers in between APT tours, uh, events and the Dakota tours events. So he's before he sets out on the road, he's been in one of our vans for, since shit like middle of june
1: so middle of june so he just has yeah. full access to the van like do you yeah. guys you pay for gas you pay for like what what is covered
0: yeah so it's gas Um yeah. and then obviously the lodging's included because it's got right. a bed in right a lot of these guys yeah. will be able to find ho- uh, host families when they're out on the road but yeah when you get right. a van when you get in the van you he just took off right like yeah. we helped i helped him load it out i helped yeah. him get it all situated. We got to really,
1: that's gotta be sick for you to see these guys go. right? Bro, it's
0: awesome. And like, really all we ask from them is get content and play well. You know what I mean? Because that's helping everyone out. So it's hilarious. Like we have a really funny story and there's, I think it's on our Instagram. Uh, you can check us out at drive for the dream. Um, but uh, on our Instagram, there's a funny story. Conrad was driving and then all of a sudden he had added the brakes a little bit and he heard like a loud boom in the back of the van And the solar converter panel, so there's a big-ass box in the back of the van, there's solar panels on top. That box converts the solar energy, and it turns it around and puts it into the batteries for the van. So you can run the air conditioning off it, you can run all the electrical outlets, things like that. Well, that solar panel fell off in the back, and so he's in the middle of bumfuck South Dakota, had to find uh, some sort of mechanic to fix it and fasten it up, and... He's just got a really funny story, so I'll let you check that out. But but, dude, that's part like, of
1: like creating this narrative behind these guys to get people to buy into like the entire league and, and the entire project, right? That, those are these 100%. important moments, right, that you need.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the story, man. It's yeah. like, it's not glitz, it's not glamor, it's dealing with, I forget what the guy's name was, Joe whatever in bum South Dakota trying to fix your van. You know, it's pulling off on the side of the road so you can take a shower, uh, you know, and these vans, uh, the showers actually come off the back door. So like the back doors open up and then you hang a shower rod off the top and then you drop the curtain down. And so you're literally like out in nature showering and taking taking that. So we got a couple funny videos of Trevor doing that, who took it, uh, took the van to a couple of Monday queues and stuff. And then Conrad doing the same thing. And, you know, he's been living in the van since June, like the second week of June. So two and a half months.
1: You'd mentioned content, right? Content is key. You got to monetize attention now or that's a business in 2023. So when you Mm -hmm. do think of content and like truly documenting this project, like are these guys, do these guys have a camera crew behind them? And are they just followed around, you know, 24 seven?
0: They will come the new year. That's what we're going to do with the production team and getting the funding for that. It's going to be, Uh, probably one cameraman and his camera per player, right? And they'll be out on the road traveling the country with the players. Uh, Right now, it's all UGC. It's all the players getting videos in themselves. You know, it's Conrad, it's Marty, it's Jerry. It's all the guys out there just taking videos in themselves, talking about funny stories, talking about their round, talking about what they're focusing on for the week, going through any mobility exercises, Um, and then all the funny stuff like the – shit in South Dakota or, you know, pulling off on the side of the road because you got to take a dump and things like that. Um, so it's all UTC and it's behind the scenes stuff that we're getting right now. But yes, moving into the new year, we're going to, we'll have a full on production team and camera crew out there. Um, right now we're just banking all the content that we can get um, and putting it together in short, real short form content that we can get out to the masses just to spread the word um, and, moving into the new year starting around the second stage of Q schools when we'll have cameramen actually traveling with these players and documenting that because we've got some guys that have a real shot at getting their corn fairy card and then also something we've been you know blessed and been given the green light by the PGA tour to continue what we're doing um, which they are pretty sticky when it comes to their media rights. so we're really thankful that they're working with us and um, and we're excited to be able to tell the journey of Q School because they're revamping it this year. And yeah. we've got a really good opportunity to help them with that. Can we dive
1: into those conversations with tour? Because that's such an interesting fascination or something that I'm really interested in, right? Like, like, how did you even have those conversations? You just reach out to them and say, Hey, my name's Hunter. Like, I want to, I'm working on this project. I want to be able to document or like, what did those conversations look like, you know, to, to really get their approval?
0: Yeah. So before I got into entrepreneurship, I was in enterprise sales for a couple of different big enterprise companies. So I'm no stranger to cold calling. I'm no stranger to cold outreach. Like I know how to break down doors and get through the gatekeeper and things like that. So with the PGA tour, um, there's a couple of folks over there that I had just emailed nonstop, just nonstop. And finally I had a pitch deck that we got from Ed and Ashley. And so finally, I was like, here's the deal. I like, I'm not going to hit you up anymore but I'm going to put it on the table in this email and I want some time on your calendar. Please just give me 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be worth your time. I'm not just some asshole out here. That's just, you know, trying to sell you something. We have a real legit project. So finally I got that meeting um, with their was communications with team.
1: I was going to say, okay, no, crazy. It was it was Jay, no.
0: <laughs> Jay no. like he's my buddy. Uh, oh,
1: this was, was Jay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh buddy, Jay. Oh, Mr. Monahan. That guy's in some hot water. Huh? Um, so, but his pockets are full, so I don't think he's worried about it. Uh, but yeah, so we were meeting with their like director of uh, communication, uh, social media channels, their director of media rights and everything like that. And we just put it all on the table. We're like, listen, we are building your next cast of characters for what are going to be on the PGA Tour. Sure, you have full swing, but you don't have the bandwidth to cover all these mini tours. We've found the solution for you. We're building out these future characters that are going to be on your platform, and that's when they're like, "Okay, you're right. We don't have the bandwidth to get out all of the, these mini tours to PJ Tour Canada, PJ Tour Latin America, and find these stories." And so that's when the synergy kind of came together, and we're like, "All right, here we go." Yeah.
1: So zooming out, dude. Like, and as, dude, this is really exciting. You know, I feel like we're we're on the brink of something amazing. I mean, we've already started, but. <laughs> So like say a guy makes it to the Corn Ferry, like would the drive for the dream continue with the guy, like with one oh, of your players? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely, dude. That's that's the dream. That is literally to use the word in the title. That is the dream is n- not just one, but all of our guys make it, right? Um, and so the the mindset is really and we don't need someone to make it to be successful. That's the beauty of this. That would just be icing on the proverbial cake for us, right? Like being able to get out there um, and showcase, you know, the the rise, the grind, and then the, the pinnacle, right? Um, and so, again, we don't really need someone to make it to the Corn Fairy Tour, but certainly we're rooting for all these guys. We're personally, professionally, financially invested in all these guys. We have... Uh, an amazing onboarding process for these guys. So we have a we have a sports psychologist that works with Rutgers and he's worked with the Ryder Cup team in the past. So our players get an assessment done on their mental game and he prov- like gives them a little prescription of what to do. We've got Dr. Matt Zanis, who is a ridiculously good physio. Like he works with the Navy SEALs. He works with a bunch of Olympians in the rotational sports. So like shooting and discus. Yeah works with a bunch of baseball players. He's based I've seen him. He's, Still. he's
1: like featured on your Instagram, like all these guys the, the support team is also featured. So people can like really get in and see who you're talking about. Right.
0: Exactly. So okay. when you come on board with us as a player, you get right. the mental side done. You get the physical yeah. side done. They'll both of those doctors will give you kind of like a prescription of how to better perform both mentally and physically. And then right. we're also building a partnership with TrackMan, which has actually happened today. We're finalizing all the details there. But TrackMan has this great kind of combine thing that they have. So our players will go in, they'll go through the entire combine, know all of their data. So launch, angle, spin, all that kind of stuff. They'll have access to all that. And then they'll have access to any TrackMan facility across the country. So while they're out on the road, if they want to go fine tune things, they can just pop in, hit the sim, see where they're at. And then it's also really cool on our end as a diagnostic tool to see where their performance goes, not just on the raw stats of where they finish, but also if they're getting better on all the key metrics, strokes gain, things like that, that TrackMan tracks from the time they come on board with us through the end of the season.
1: Wow, that's badass. That's crazy. That's something that, you know, I I had no idea after kind of going through your Instagram and seeing, because like I said, I'd seen some of these support guys, but to think that, Like you're able to quantify that, which makes sense now with all this technology. It's really, really cool. The other thing I kind of want to talk about, which we didn't really discuss, like the day-to-day grind from a practice standpoint. I mean, it's probably hard to get better and prove on, you know, when you're on this journey, right? Because you might not even have access to the best facilities as well. But now with TrackMan, I mean, you're going to get absolutely dialed, Right.
0: Yeah, 100%. And the goal is to actually get physical trackmans in these guys' hands, right? right. Um, so we're working on all the logistics of that. It's an amazing piece of equipment. They're obviously the gold standard when it comes to that tracking and the data measurement from a golf standpoint. Um, and we had a great call with their R&D team and everything like mm-hmm. that, just understanding the full scope of what they do. Um, and it's an amazing company and they're, um, they're doing some great things in the game and they've got a really... A lot of cool things kind of coming down the pike. But yeah, so for our players, when they're out on the road and they're grinding and going through all the mental and physical grind of what it means to be on these mini tours, the practice side of thing is tough because you play in mm-hmm. an event and then you got to drive 10, 12 hours to your next event. It messes with your back. It messes right. with your mind. You're sitting in a car just kind of like this. So the as entire time. tight, so as absolutely, dude. You got to go through all that kind <laughs> of stuff. The glutes, man. dude, are tight. Yeah. The low back, all of it, dude. It's just your hips, everything. And that's everything that you need, your core, your hips, your low back, Mm -hmm. everything like that that goes into the golf swing. That's why having a guy like Dr. Matt involved is huge for us because he can help these guys know what exercise to do for what kind of injury they're going through or what kind of thing is feeling tight that day. So Mm -hmm. they go from playing an event, make a check or not, they've got to drive 10, 12 hours to the next Mm -hmm. event, and then they've got to play in a pro am because all these mini tour events have programs, they maybe get a practice round in and then they run it back and play in another tournament. And then they drive to another event and it's just such a wild lifestyle that no one knows about that. We're going to have the ability to tell.
1: Yeah. And then from like the physical standpoint too, like the professionals, when you can think of guys who are playing at their absolute best, I mean their mentals dialed in, right? Obviously their body, but these guys are working out and preparing, like loosening everything up for like 30 minutes to an hour before with like some of the best trainers, you know, in the world. So now you have the ability to give this to a guy, right? Who's going to be able to perform at his best once he has this training. Cause you think about like that's the, the PGA plan. tour yeah. versus mini tour from a percentage standpoint of like offerings of what the players have. It's, it's not even close, right? The guys on tour, like you said, 0.01%, nowhere near necessarily like the resource that has been provided to these guys, but you're doing that. So that's badass. So when you zoom out and kind of look at, like your goal for drive for the dream as the man behind it, right? Like, what's your goal? What does success look like for you? Is it to get on, you know, at Netflix or is it to shed light on these guys and like fundamentally change the purse structure similar to like, live versus PGA like what is success for you man
0: It's a really good question Uh number 1 would be helping these guys That's why we got into the business in, in the first place It was just being able to get these guys in more tournaments and get more experience under their belt and get them right. more exposure to sponsors That's first and foremost Everything else for us is kind of ancillary but if I'm talking about the actual show itself the number one goal that we have for the show is to sell it to a Netflix, to an Amazon, to an Apple TV, someone like that, where we can broadcast this story to the rest of the world and tell Mm -hmm. the story that no one knows. Right. And so we have an amazing opportunity to do that with the guys that we're working with now. Um, and it's been an incredible journey so far. I think we've already shed a lot of light on it just through the social media. I mean, we only have like 500 followers on Instagram right now, but, you know, I think the really cool opportunity is we have access to these tournaments. We can get, you don't even really have to have any sort of credentials on these, uh, these tours. It's awesome. We have a lot of exposure. And then it also gets them a lot of exposure too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it gets more eyes and ears on the Azure tours, on the ABT tours, the Dakotas tours, minor league golf tours out there. Um, right. it, we have the ability to really break through for them and, and showcase their events and hopefully, get more sponsorships involved for them too
1: yeah and that's the way i see it like you guys would potentially or could potentially disrupt like the status quo of what's taking place on the mini tours right because if what that happens, else... happens it's
0: not a goal it's not a goal man but like i think you know I, there's more and more eyes and ears coming to the game of golf there's right. if, if you look at it i saw something on instagram the other day that The average investment on LPGA tour dollars in the twenty twenty three season returned like two hundred and fifty percent, because that's how much the LPGA tour is growing. Ladies golf and golf in general is growing, so if we can have just two hundred fifty
1: percent return for the LPGA, yes, that's interesting. On investment,
0: on dollars, two hundred fifty
1: percent, dude. Dude, invest in LPGA.
0: Screw a screw an index fund, right? Anything or, you yeah. know, these, you know, whatever coins come out, you know, yeah. next week. Right? Coin, like, Yeah, LPGA yeah, exactly. coin. Yeah, you can't find that ROI, but I yeah. mean, the advertising dollars, I mean, that speaks for itself, right on the game right. of golf. So if we can have an impact on that in any way for the minor, uh for the mini tours, things like that, that, that'll be ancillary. But first and foremost, we want to help these guys. We want to help them tell their story and we want mm-hmm. to grow the game. So that's where we're at. Yeah.
1: But dude, when you think about like trickle down, because I want to believe like trickle trickle down would take place, like it starts at the top, it goes down, right? It feeds to the PGA tour and it goes to these mini tours. Like, is it sustainable for like the current model of mini tours to continue to exist from a guy who's doing, you know, this project, right? Like, you know it more than anyone else, like the economics, is it sustainable for these tours and for these players? I mean, based on what I'm hearing now, absolutely not, right? Short answer is no. I
0: don't know how yeah. they do it. Right. And I don't right. know, especially with the rising price of tea times. And it, you think about it this way. If you're a mini tour, and you're going to have a three day event, you got to buy out the course for three days. And you right. have to either subsidize that with a sponsor coming in to be able to take care of that and make sure that you can still give players a prize pool to play for. And right. I can't, by any stretch of the imagination, fathom how these guys and gals that run these mini tours are doing it. It doesn't, the economics right. and the, the PL of how that works just does not make sense to me, but they're doing it. And then you see, you know, a, a tour like the minor league golf tour down in Florida, they produce quality players like Eric Cole. You know, yeah. he won 57 times on that tour before he got his breakthrough, which is a cool story in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but financially, I don't know how they make it work, man, without getting, big sponsors in, but again, to your point, sure, there's a little trickle down of that, right? Mm -hmm. you got the PGA tour that's bringing more advertising dollars, you got live, you know, pumping money into, into golf and things like that. But the mini tours don't see any of that. They're not sanctioned by the PGA tour. They're not recognized by the PGA tour. They're just doing their own thing.
1: All right. So when you dive into these mini tours right now, is there like a gold standard for someone who may not necessarily be familiar with like all the, the tours, throughout the united states specifically like i'm based in california i see a lot of asher stuff love asher clothing Mm -hmm. right like in my mind Mm -hmm. that's one of the bigger ones but you'd brought up a couple all throughout the country like is there a like a gold standard of of mini tour in your eyes or does it really just depend on the region you're in
0: it depends on the region but i would say there's probably four that resonate the most with folks you've got asher tour like we just talked about and that was a combination of the outlaw tour in the gateway tour. So Asher came in and bought both the tours and combined them. So Asher um, does a lot of events in, you know, uh, Nevada, California, um, and Arizona. And then you've got the all pro tour, which we talked about before, which is kind of like Oklahoma, Nebraska. That's a great tour. A lot of good players come out of there. Um, You've got the Dakotas tour, which is North and South Dakota, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, and then you've got the minor league golf tour. That's just in Florida. I would say probably the most PGA tour, corn Ferry tour guys come out of the minor league golf tour. MLGT does a great job. Uh, MLGT does a great job with their events. Um, but yeah, those are the four. Um, uh, but again, they're not recognized by the PGA tour. I was talking to one of the tournament directors, uh, Steve down at MLGT. Mike was playing an event. I connected with him about trying to get them featured on the show. They're on board, obviously. Um, why could you not be
1: right how could you not be bullish on drive for the dream that's my thing dude it's like that's why i'm stoked to have you on because you're, you're giving these guys this opportunity that never existed before you know
0: yeah buy low buy low on drive for the dream man we're, <laughs> we're going to the moon baby uh yeah. but yeah so i was talking to steve at the mlgt and you know, like he's getting blown up left and right trying to get in right. contact with Eric Cole because everyone sees that, you know, he top 10 at to, the Honda, I think, or maybe mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer got conditional status and now he's got full-time status, right? And he was a 57-time winner. But even the PGA Tour in a press release got the name of the minor league golf tour wrong in the right. release. They just said he played minor league golf. And yeah. so, like, not that's not even getting that right. So... The PGA Tour knows about these mini tours, but at the same time, they don't have the bandwidth to cover it or necessarily keep up with the stars or the stories that are coming out of them.
1: Okay, so let's dive into that point. So the PGA Tour, it's not like the PGA Tour owns their, their own independently run organizations, right? And if guy—if a guy does well, does he get world ranking points or is it, you know, really just hey, tours a check? Yeah, like how does that work?
0: That's a good question. I don't necessarily know. I think you do get official World Golf ranking points when you play in any PGA Tour sanctioned event or maybe even USGA sanctioned events. Um, I'm not sure. That's a really good question. But having these conversations with the PGA Tour, I've gotten a lot of insight that I didn't necessarily know about what the actual makeup of the PGA Tour looks like. Because like you talked about, you got the PGA Tour, which is basically like major the equivalent of Major League Baseball. And then you got the Corn Ferry Tour, which is like AAA, and then you got PJ Tour Americas, which they're combining in 2024. That's going to be PJ Tour Canada and PJ Tour Latin America as like your double A, PJ Tour Asia, and DPT, DP World Tour would you know be a part of that as well. Um, and then you got the mini tours, which are basically single A. Um, so you come out of college, you get your experience in single A, and then you double A, and you know you get to high A and all that kind of stuff, and then you're in the big leagues. Basically works the same way. In um, the way it works on the PGA Tour, you have to qualify for either PGA Tour Canada, PGA Tour Latin America, or Corn Ferry Tour throughout their Q School process, and then from there, depending on where you finish in Q School, you get a certain status. And I'm probably going to get the numbers wrong for PGA Tour Canada and Latin America, but I know this year in PGA in, in the Corn Ferry Tour Q School, the top 40. Are automatically on the Corn Ferry Tour with the top five getting a PGA Tour card, which is there's something they're doing differently. So the top five automatically go straight full status to the PGA Tour, and then the next 40 players have um, some sort of status on the Corn Ferry Tour.
1: Dude, it's just amazing how competitive this is, isn't it? It's like in order to keep that card, you have to play well, right? Obviously, there's some mm-hmm. sponsors exemptions that take place, but like, dude, the guys that we're seeing, you know, Thursday through Sunday are just cream of the crop, right? Like. Just to get to that point is freaking, it's intense, dude.
0: Dude, it's nuts. And, you know, you yeah. think about the stories kind of like Corey Connors, right? He Mondays yeah. into the Texas Open back in 2019, I think. And then he ends up winning the event, right? Mm. And then he gets into the Masters the next week. He goes from the Texas, Monday qualifying, winning the Texas Open, and then placing in the top 30, I think, in the um, in the Masters. And then he's cake, dude. He's good. Yeah. That's how quickly it can happen for one of these guys, man. But right. also, it can never happen. You've yeah. got. Well, thousands I think you said Eric
1: Cole, right? He'd won fifty-seven times, dude. On the PLM like that's pretty incredible 57 times to catch lightning in the bottle. Right. Cause yep. everyone's playing well. Everyone's such a stick in these tournaments, but to, to do it 57 times. Right. But Corey Connors just kind of caught it at the right time. I mean, all of these guys are studs. There's no doubt, yep. right? Everyone can go to the top
0: 30 s- player in the world. You know, he's, he's consistently in the top 30. I mean, and that's the thing, like you said, everyone can play well. Everyone can go low. Everyone can shoot that 64, 63, but it's putting it together for a consistent, you really have to do it for like three or four months, especially if you're going the Q school route and not the Monday Q route. If you go the Q school route, then you have to, cause they start September 13th and then run through December 15th, I wanna say. And each, so it starts with pre-Q, pre-qual. Um, there's five sites for pre-qual. And if you don't have any sort of exemption in the first stage, you have to go back to pre-qual You got to pay fifty five hundred dollars, and then you got to be in the top whatever. Dude, fifty five hundred bucks
1: is an absolute kick in the nuts too. Because if you look at the live, like live buy in, that's the other interesting thing about the world of professional golf. Like if you look at the buy ins for PGA Tour pros, and and like live, it's literally like twenty dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's interesting to just see that flip. Obviously, they have bigger. There's more fan base and whatnot. They bring in more money, but like fifty five hundred bucks, just an opportunity, just for a shot to play.
0: And Oof. if you don't make it out of prequal, if you don't it, like it doesn't matter how far you get. You don't get that yeah. money back no matter what unless you get to final stage. And final uh-huh. stage is basically I mean it is just so hard to get to because yeah. you think about all the good players across the country. You yeah. start with 2 or 3,000 players that are trying to make it to final stage which I believe is the top 60. Or, it's a percentage every time the tournament. And that's the thing that I'm learning so much is I'm a golf nerd. I listen to basically every golf podcast out there. Golf right. is always on my TV. Golf channel is always on my TV during the week. I don't, like, the common golf fan doesn't even know how this works. And that's another cool thing that we have an opportunity yeah. to do is to help the common golf nerd like you and me understand Dude. how difficult this is.
1: <laughs> what are some of the misconceptions that people think about mini tours? Like
0: One of the things that I had in my mind before we started this process was like someone would introduce themselves you get on the topic of what do you do for work and a guy would say he's a pro golfer right that could mean anything right Right. that could mean you play on the pga tour that could mean you play on the all pro tour you know and that could there are that's a sandwich of five thousand players that can say that that are pro Mm -hmm. right um, and so that was something that was really eye opening to me is how many guys, and even on the ladies' side, are out there grinding, trying to make it to the very top echelon. And the PGA Tour, I think, you know, depending on the time of year, they only have like 150 guys that have a card, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are five to 10,000 players trying to get that. And unless right. you have one on the PGA Tour, recently, you don't have any guaranteed status. There's no guarantee that you're going to have a place to play or a job. And that Mm. to me has been one of the things that's been so eye-opening.
1: Yeah. Is there anything else that kind of like has blown your mind through that process?
0: How broke these guys are?
1: Yeah. So dude, let's talk about these purses, right? You know, as a guy who is interested in business, like obviously following the Astra Tour, not saying anything about Astra Tour, just looking at everything in general from a macro perspective. When you talk about these purses, like what can, because we talked about the guy who doesn't know anything about the mini tours, right? Like what is a typical purse size for winning one of these events?
0: Average purse size, uh, average winning purse is probably around, I would say 17.5. Is the average for these events right? You've got yeah. the top end, which is the Colorado Open, where the winner makes a hundred grand, and mm-hmm. then you've got smaller, like the San Juan Open. I think this week the winner makes like six thousand five hundred or seven grand, mm-hmm. and you've got to beat some really fucking good players to make yeah. seven thousand dollars. And then you also got to factor in you paid eight hundred dollars. Let's do the in. math on it, this, dude. So it's yeah. seven.
1: It's it's six thousand five hundred just for San Juan, right? Six thousand five hundred. Yeah right and then what Mm -hmm. what else is let me just do the math as we speak so let's just kind of talk if you win it's so
0: 6500 first
1: place first place
0: all right first place so let's go
1: through some of these expenses dude just to see like where Uh, would would you be
0: yeah so you win 6500 but it costs i think it was 850 to get in
1: so minus 850
0: Yep. You got to figure if you don't have host housing and you don't have free meals or a free place yeah. to stay or a van like our guys do, you're going to pay hundred bucks a night for a hotel. It's a four day mm-hmm. tournament. So there's another 400 bucks. Yeah, You're going to pay minimum $50 a day to eat, yeah. right? Because um, these places don't have food. Like the, right. the mini tours don't provide food. Maybe they do. It's like a taco bar, something like right. that. Um, Hot dogs. So that's another 200 bucks. Exactly. Glizzy at the turn. Maybe, at the,
1: dude, I don't know.
0: We're on yeah. the same page, dude. Yeah. Glizzy at yeah. the turn. Yeah. Give me those onions, baby. Yeah. Um, but uh, so then you got that, and then. But gas dude, what about the entry prompt?
1: fee itself? Oh, that was eight fifty. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. okay so we're looking yeah.
0: at like less than
1: five grand, dude, for the first guy to pretty much. But then going
0: back to the original question of what yeah. the sponsorship deals look like, if you've got a sponsor putting up your entry fee and you've got to give up eighty percent you know you win you you profit five so that's like a thousand bucks yeah thousand bucks dude a thousand dollars for
1: your time too that's the other thing that's not
0: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. damn so dude a lot of these guys have do these guys have like say you're not on drive for the dream do these guys have like you know, are they sponsored by any of the OEMs or like, when do you typically see the OEMs? Cause obviously you think about just Marty as a, as a golfer, right. He's sponsored by Asher. He's sponsored by Mira, mm-hmm. So, and he'd brought up true spec, right. So he's getting dialed there pre, pre drive the dream, but he may not even be like the average guy, right. Cause he has all these like mm-hmm. really sick brands that are kind of looking. Well, he's for certainly
0: him. not average looking. That's a handsome fella.
1: Yeah, dude. We love Marty Sanchez. <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. So like not everyone is like that. Right. I mean, that's not necessarily the case for all these guys, right? None of them are sponsored by like a clothing company or a, a, not no, an dude, OEM, but a like, guy, yeah.
0: It's a guy at the club that they play at that's got extra cash and he's right. wants a stable of ponies, essentially. You know what I mean? Right. He's buying a lottery ticket that one of these guys is going to make the PGA tour or the corn Ferry tour and he's got them in their back pocket, right? right. So. He will he or she will front the money for their summer, their entry fees, things like that. They work out a deal. It's usually around seventy percent to eighty percent. Dude, that's such a
1: crazy percentage, (laughs) dude. Seventy to eighty fucking percent? Are you kidding me,
0: bro? It's wild. And that's seventy to eighty, dude. Come on, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Yes, dude. I'm not even joking. So who are these guys? Like Um, you said,
1: they're like kind of sharks just hanging out. Like, dude, like is Marty playing? Is Marty gambling with these guys on like the weekend kind of thing or what? Like. These guys have just uh, got to be like big, you know, players at the club kind of thing, like you'd said, right?
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it helps, you know, when you caddy at a place like Silverleaf, right. You right. know, you've got yeah. Silverleaf. I don't even know. It's ridiculous. What the, I think the initiation fee at Silverleaf right now is 500 grand or 750 yeah. grand. And then you have like a minimum of 250 K to spend a year. Like, so yeah. million dollars. We're getting the
1: glizzy at the turn, dude, at least with the Wagyu toppings, bro. Come on,
0: bro. Uh, silver leaf is, is an amazing place. If you ever get a yeah. chance to play, you got to go. It's an yeah. unreal place. But when you're caddying there or yeah. a Scottsdale national or a whisper right. rock or shadow Creek out in Vegas, yeah. things like that, you're exposed to a lot of wealthy folks. And so, mm-hmm. um, those kind of folks are looking you know if they've got an ancillary 150k to play with they're looking for a little lottery ticket you know instead right. of going to play a scratch off or buying a lot of mega millions tickets like you and i yeah. would do or they're going to sponsor a golfer yeah exactly um they're going to sponsor a golfer but they create these very advantageous contracts for themselves um and it's brutal like i mean to give up 80%, 70%, even if it's 50% of your winnings to give that Dude, back. even if it's know, t-
1: 10 or 20% is just like, fuck yeah. man, yeah.
0: Well, and that's, it goes back to the the no draft, the no scouts, like you're out on your own, you gotta figure out a way to get into these tournaments. And then going back to like Marty's deal with Asher and TruSpec, I mean, that's mainly just product stuff, right? Like you get products sent to you, um, unless you're doing like modeling gigs, um, and unless you make it, he'll have a lot of these guys will have in that sort of contract um, a deal where if they get to the Corn Fairy Tour or the PGA Tour, they'll start getting money for the product placement. But to begin with, there's no cash coming into these guys from these companies. There's just product, which is great. I mean, you know, it's great to always look good, but that doesn't Maybe do anything an to the bottom line.
1: Can you count on an affiliate link like 10% here, 10% there to Freaking cover these expenses. around the reality well, I mean, is no, you sell, right?
0: You, you sell 10 polos for Asher, at let's say a hundred bucks a pop. There's your thousand bucks. You get 10% of that. It's a hundred dollars. Yeah. know, yeah. hmm. You sell a hundred polos. There's 10 grand. There's a thousand bucks. I mean, it, but to sell a hundred polos through a, an affiliate link, that takes a lot of work, dude.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: And that's not really possible.
1: Right. A hundred percent. So dude, it's got to change, right? What is it going to change after drive for the dream or what, man? I feel like it's uh, got to change somehow. So. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not fair to. Like I mean, to think about it. Like these guys, you know, they they're trying to make it. It's just not the sustainable model that exists. Right. So I don't know. It's just interesting to think about, you know,
0: yeah. I don't necessarily know if we'll be the ones to change it because we're not necessarily out. It's not like we're doing right, expose yeah. here. Right, you know, right, right. Um, We're just trying to help these guys and we're trying yeah. to get them in more events and tell the story. I think we will have some, like we talked about before, trickle down effect on yeah. the world of golf and the mini tour life. And if we can get more sponsors eyes on mini tour golf and more exposure to that, then we can make a real impact on that level but that's not really our goal for our sure, goal is to tell sure. the story to help these guys and yeah. to grow the game of golf and if we're able to make you know an actual financial impact on the mini tours that's amazing too
1: yeah dude that would be pretty badass if that happened like along the journey like that'd be the most bullish case like one of your guys makes to corn Ferry, one of guys makes it to the pga tour and then all you know what do they say all rising tides raise you know, every boat or whatever, like the rising
0: tides, raise all ships.
1: Exactly. So like the whole bottom Mm -hmm. is brought up because of you. So dude, I think what you're doing is pretty amazing and it's like just awesome to see. So, you know, we're coming up on the hour mark, any closing thoughts or like where can people find you? How can people support you guys?
0: Sure. Yeah. You can hit us up uh, at drive for the dream. We've also started a GoFundMe um, to help get these players into Q school. So that's a cool thing to take a look at. Um, I'll share the link with you so you can, put it in the show notes or the caption or whatever. Um, But yeah, so if you want to support us, just do what you can to help that guy who is grinding, right? Mm. You know, Even if it's as little as sharing his Instagram story or a post on Instagram so he can get more views. So maybe a a brand like Asher sees that he's a a good looking fella or someone that they want to put on their roster on their influencer side of thing or give an affiliate link to. If you want to really help, just spread the word of what we're doing. I mean, we have a really cool opportunity to tell some stories that are super unique, that no one's ever told before, that no one's had the bandwidth to tell before. Um, so, just support us, support the local players, and let's keep growing the game. Yeah.
1: So, next step for you guys—I may have gotten in that prematurely, dude. So, next step, like, what can a viewer expect? Right, say they listen, they're super, super into it. They bought into you. Like, when would the first like episode, or like, what's left in sort of the roadmap to actually bring it to the consumer?
0: Well, kind of like we talked before, this is my first real brush into television and entertainment, and I'm learning it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Now, we've had a lot of really good momentum with this, with Sugar 23 and Winterstone Pictures on the back end, pushing this project forward. Jesse and I are also work with a high sense of urgency, to say the least. So um, we don't let anything die on someone's shelf for us. The goal is to really around second stage of Q School, that's when we're gonna start the development and the actual production of the show. And mm-hmm. so from there, we'll have start filming episodes. Our pilot will likely be kind of the backstory for all these players as they're going to Q School and then what they're doing throughout Q School. And then we'll really start filming and doing everything with guys out on the road probably around April or or March next year, and then March or April next year. And then hopefully when we get picked up, fingers crossed by a streaming service or a network, um, we can start to see us maybe towards the end of summer or early fall next year, which would be ideal on our end.
1: Okay, love it, dude. I can't wait. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really appreciate you. (laughs)